This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 107 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Ponies and minis, please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our title sponsor is Omega Alpha. You can visit them at omegaalpha.ca. This episode is also sponsored by Equestrian Collections at equestriancollections.com. Plus, Uncle Jimmy's. And you can find them at uncle-jimmy's.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, where weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenn the Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well howdy Helena Hi, Glenn. How are you today? Okay, we are recording this on Thursday, uh, September the 2nd. That's right. And you are going out immediately after this show to do what? To get the things on my hurricane list. Yeah, because there's a little hurricane called Earl heading your way. Yeah, just a little one. We're, yeah. we're, uh, we're, we apparently are right in its path, so we got to prepare. And, you know, yeah. Hel- <laughs> Helena lives on the tip of uh, Rhode Island, right by the water. How far are you off the ocean? Uh, two miles. Two miles off the ocean. So that's never a good place to be when the hurricane catted your way. <laughs> no. At this point, we're just trying to figure... I mean, by the time this... Actually, this is going to air on the 3rd, right? So this will air tomorrow, yep. It'll be right before... We're expecting it tomorrow night. Um, so we're, we're, we're hoping to see... It's not a matter of if it's going to hit us. It's a matter of what category it's going to be when it does. And you're, you could be evacuated, you said? If it's a Category 3 or higher, we could be evacuated, yes. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, will you, will you be smart and evacuate? Absolutely. Okay, just Excellent. checking. Got the cat carrier out. I got the dog leash ready. Although this um, has to really stink for you. You just moved into your new place, your I new know. farm, and you're getting I your know. barn built. How far along is that? They just got the roof on, so they, they're going to put special... Um, they're papering the roof right now, and they're going to put special weights on it to, uh, to, to help it you know, the plywood resist any high winds. So they're going to put 150 mile an hour weights on it? (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling they're going to be doing the roof again on Monday. (laughs) Well, at least it isn't done. You'd only have to replace part of the building. I know, that's true. That's true. There's no windows. There's no glass. You know, like the doors aren't in yet. The partitions aren't in yet. It's just the frame and the roof. So... This is her new barn we're talking about, by the way. I know, I know. Uh, well, good luck, Helena. We'll be thinking about you and saying a little prayer for you. And, Thank you very uh, much. De- definitely keep in touch with us and let us know. P- post an update on Facebook. Oh, I will. I'm so, a Facebook queen. And take yep. pictures. Uh, yep. Lots oh, of pictures. I, that'll be me <laughs> taking pictures out of the back of the Subaru as we're driving away. <laughs> the dog, the cat, the kid, and valuables. Well, I, I do wish you luck. We've been through hurricanes before, so we know what that's like, and it's an interesting experience. Uh, I've never been this. I've never lived this close to the coast before with one, but uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. It's windy enough here as it is without, you know, a nice right. weather. Right, exactly. 
Well, and your seas are going to be a little turned up. They're probably starting to turn up already. Um, yeah, there actually there's um, Danielle, which had just passed, which we would, didn't even hit us, but had passed to the east, um, had created some nasty rip currents um, on, in Massachusetts, on the north shores of Massachusetts, and people are drowning and rescues are taking place. So, huh. yeah. Stay out of the water, people. If you're anywhere along the East Coast, just stay out of the water. You're not going to have your surfboard board out there tomorrow? No, but you know what? This is a hot spot for surfers. A really big South Shore Beach in Little Compton is a big hot spot for surfers. And I bet you there'll be a couple of crazies out there. Oh, I'm sure. There always are. Yeah. Well, today we are talking about ponies and minis. Yay! <laughs> and of course, you know, anybody who listens to this show for the last two years knows that I am an absolute pony lover. I drove ponies for many, many years, love ponies, have had a variety of ponies, and I just love ponies. And, of course, everybody loves minis. I mean, yeah. who doesn't like minis? They're cute as the dickens. I, the, uh, well, see, I, I, am, I'm, I know so little about ponies and minis that I love them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm one of those people who's like, oh, how cute. Now, you didn't start riding on a pony when you were a kid, did you? No, um, no, actually, I started on a quarter horse. Okay. So when I was, when even when I was a kid and I took some Western lessons, I was on a horse horse. Ah, gotcha. No, Have I, you I never... seen the video going around about now? Is it, is that little Ed, pony Ed? Ed oh, the Naughty Pony? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. If anybody the... hasn't seen it, we'll put it in our show notes for today's show. Uh, the video, there's a couple of videos of Ed the Naughty Pony on YouTube. I, the only time I've ever been forcibly ejected from my saddle <laughs> has been on a pony. Two times, okay? There you Two go. Two times <laughs> I've been forcibly... One dropped a shoulder on me and left me in the dirt, and the other one gave me a good old-fashioned pony buck, and I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> well, we have a great show planned. This show was actually planned by a friend of ours by the name of Johnny Robb. Uh, she's a marketing person and a well-known person in the horse world out of, uh, I think she's out of Florida, actually. And she uh, planned this show today because she is involved with the American Shetland Pony Club and American Miniature Horse Registry. Isn't that, that those are two organizations that everybody should belong to. Anyway, so, and she, she arranged some great guests. We, we first have the president of the association or the registry on with us today. And he's also a serious competitor. And I know he's a driver because I've seen pictures of him driving the ponies. And uh, from what I hear, he's a great voice for radio. So we'll find out about him. And then we have on with us Jackie Tyler, who is of Emerald Green Farm, and she is a, a top breeder and competes ponies, so we're going to get her on. And also Diane, I don't know how to say her last name, Zmolek, and she, uh, she apparently is very involved in the driving aspect of the ponies. So I'm looking forward to this today. It's a soft spot in my heart. Someday I'd love to own ponies and drive again. That's one of my goals. So I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, you know, we, everybody's had experience with ponies at one point or another in their riding career. Either they have friends that have ponies or there's ponies at the barn. I'm sure there's a pony or two at your barn where you keep your horses. We have one pony. Yeah. Is he a good <laughs> pony or is he one of those naughty ponies? He's very good, actually. Is he? Yeah, but he's a large pony. Yep. So I don't think they count. <laughs> <laughs> He's I got think too they much... count up to 14-2. Well, yeah, he just makes it. <laughs> he, he's got too much horse in him to really be a naughty pony. We should clarify for people, too, and I'm sure everybody listening to this show knows this, but we'll clarify it anyway, that ponies 
It has nothing to do with age. It has nothing to do with anything like that. It has to do with their height. Right. If they're over 14, two hands, they're not a pony anymore. So 14, uh, under 14, two hands, they're considered a pony. So it doesn't matter how fat they are, how skinny they are, what they look like. If they're under 14, two, they're considered a pony. So we'll start with that. Unless, of course, they're a miniature horse, which we're going to talk about today, too. And that, that's a completely different animal. So <laughs> we'll get I, just, I just know that the minis are, are short and fat. Yes. <laughs> they're just yeah, short and round. Usually their bellies are hanging about the ground I level. No. Yeah. <laughs> Grace started riding on a Not mini. Not the ones you're gonna, we're going to talk about today that are the, the, driving, the driving minis and the ones that actually work for a living. Yes, there I are know. a few that actually work for a living. And uh, th- those are a little bit more in shape. So, so I'm looking forward to speaking to them today. But first, we have to catch up with Kathleen on Kathleen's Wild Ride. This is uh, Kathleen, who has started out in, on the West Coast and is riding across the country. She is now in Nebraska, having a better time than she has in the past uh, couple of weeks. And we caught up with her as she was trying to get run over by a train. <laughs> I don't think she was trying. <laughs> Here's Kathleen. Well, hi, Kathleen, and welcome back to the show. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Good. Now, I've been following you on Facebook. I have some questions for you today, but I've been following you on Facebook, and tell us where you are now. I am four miles west of Brady, Nebraska. Which is about, according to my thing, you're about a quarter or or a third of the way through Nebraska at this point. I like it a little bit more than that because Nebraska is only 450 miles across if you go up to Omaha, and I'm not. Oh, so okay. I'm actually almost halfway. <laughs> so, and then <laughs> the, from, Nebraska, from Nebraska, you'll be going into? Iowa. Iowa, okay, yep. All right, so and you're yeah, following, it looks like you're following, are you following Route 30 or? I'm following Route 30 for now, but I'm going to branch off and follow 34 so I don't have to go all the way up to Omaha, and I really don't want to go through a really big city. Uh-oh. And and from what I've seen in your in your Facebook postings, it looks like Nebraska has been a lot nicer to you and friendlier than the last state, which we won't mention. No, we will not mention the previous state's name. Wyoming. Wyoming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska has been absolutely wonderful. I mean, it's a, this is the kindest, most generous state I've hit so far. I mean, now, the town I stayed in last night was amazing. Did, are, you, are you referring to the people or the landscape? The people and the landscape. So <laughs> let's start with the women. We're slowly dropping in elevation, so it's awesome. And and uh, are the horses responding accordingly? Or do they are they a little brighter oh, yeah. in their step? Yeah, they're a lot more chir- chipper. They're both putting on weight every day. They get a little bit heavier back up to the weight I'm happy with. I saw I pictures of them gathered. grazing, what, last night or night before on Facebook. They were much heavier than I thought they would be. Well, that's because we sat for two and a half weeks after we finished crossing the desert, and all I did was throw food at them. Yeah, well, they look good. <laughs> they they, food is love. They look terrific. Now, I have a question for you about that. I saw them grazing. Do you not tie them at night? Do they just wander free? Uh, I let them wander free until it's time for me to go to bed, and then I um, highlight them. But they, they just—they don't take off on you. They just stand there and eat. Well, <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> they don't take off on me. Occasionally, they think they see greener grass more farther down the park. Because I think the picture you saw was when we stayed at the Buffalo Bill Ranch in okay. uh, North Platte. 
And so they decided to go exploring the grass over by the lake. <laughs> so I had to go catch them. But they and don't. The wife got free that night, so I had to chase her down in the middle of the night. Oh, Jesus. How did you know she got free? I mean, how did you how did you know? Because you they sleep? started winning. She uh. was left alone, and she was freaking out, and so. Um, I looked outside, sat up, looked outside, and saw Delifa was not on her rope, and got oh, up, back up. She unhooked her lead rope and taken off, so she's about half a mile away. Oh, and I can hear so, the conversation when she got back. Tattletail, I'm mad at you. No, what, what do you? What's your first reaction? What do you do? Get up and go here, girl. <laughs> here, well, girl. actually, with Mystic, I do that. Mystic will come when I call her. Uh, Delightful, I have to. Stop! You walk away, stop, and listen, because she is very noisy. She stomps the bugs, so I can hear her swishing and hair tail and stomping. Oh, right. So we track her by sound. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> noisy girl, thank goodness. I'll tell you what, Kathleen, you have had adventures now. I, I got the most important text ever this week. <laughs> Do you remember which one you sent me? Yes, I remember. Okay, tell it everybody. On Hershey, Nebraska, I stopped at Buster's Bar and Grill and had the cheeseburger, the bacon cheeseburger that is now the new number one. It was fantastic. Well, you know, there's a pattern here. That the further <laughs> east you get, the better your burgers get. Because <laughs> every time we talk to you, you you had the, a new burger replaces the last champion. Oh, no. No, Murtaugh, Idaho sat as champion for a very long time. Oh, well, I they, know. Were, they were sitting there as a champion until I hit Hershey. Well, now oh. you're in the country where they actually raise the cattle, though, so it's fresher. See? Oh, oh yeah. Well, where's Idaho? Well, I saw that last night. <laughs> Hold on I a minute. I was at Maxwell last night, and I went and ate at a place called Brazen Jane's. It's a bar in town. Oh, my God, the best steak I have had ever. Really? It's my head, too. Yeah, the thing was fantastic. The guy who, who owns the bar is an amazing cook. And didn't he treat? Did I read that? Yeah, he did. He and one of the patrons in the bar both split the play bill for me. Oh, that was very nice. Now, you have something important coming up, too, in a town or two down, and that's you're going to get mail. Yes, Brady is care package town. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and we know that there's some that's been sent because a couple people posted on Facebook that they sent you some care packages. Oh, cool. So let's hope that... I'm thinking I'm getting 40 bags of Tootsie Rolls or something. That's probably about right. That would keep you busy. (laughs) That'll give you something to do. So what what do you have in store for the next week? What's your week going to look like for the next Uh, five We are just slowly but surely making our way across Nebraska. I'm keeping the girls to right now 10 to 15 miles a day just because until I'm happy with their weight, I'm not going to push them. So... We'll be just working our way to Nebraska. Probably in the next week, we'll have hit the cutoff onto 34. Boy, things are a lot greener than they were when you left uh, that last state we don't talk about, Wyoming. <laughs> yes. <That's laughs> <last> state, <Wyoming>. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and it's greener in all aspects. I mean, the grass on the side of the roads is so lush that it's one of the reasons why the horses are picking up weight, because we stop once an hour, and they graze for about 20 minutes, and then we go again. <laughs> Wow, they're eating better than you are. <laughs> well, yeah, but see, I need to drop weight. They need to gain weight. So. <laughs> well, I, you know, it does sound like you, you know, I, for a couple of the times we t- checked in with you when you were coming through that state, um, the last state, Wyoming, it was, it, you didn't sound real happy. And, and now you're sounding like you're actually having fun again. 
Yeah, I'm having a ball. I mean, Wyoming was not fun. I was worried about the horses, and I was exhausted and in a little bit of pain because I had some pretty nasty, cracked, bleeding blisters on my feet by the time I got done with that state. Well, you got your new boots. They're working out, right? Oh, they're fantastic. Thank you to my friend Kevin. He was so nice to send them to me. And the saddle's working out okay now? Actually, yeah, I'm back in my English saddle, and... You know, everything's going great. My butt's a little sore, but, you know, those are my butts before. There's anything wrong with them, so. Are you still riding the youngster and packing the mom, packing mom? Actually, we're we're up now to swapping. I'm oh. back on mom today. Tomorrow I'll be back on Delightful tomorrow. Oh, that probably so, helps, you know, we're too. we're back every other day again. Okay. You know, I don't know which they like best. Because, you know, if they, they pack, they carry less weight. But if I ride them, they get the prestige of being the riding horse. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear them having this discussion at night? <laughs> <laughs> I did oh. notice, is your pack getting bigger? No. No? Okay. It sort of looked like it, the pack was bigger in this picture. I didn't know if people were loading you down with stuff or not. No, it's uh, um, my oil skin's tied on top, so it makes oh, it look okay. taller. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, that's what it makes. All right, good. Well, Kathleen, <laughs> you keep in touch with us and let us know how it's going, and we'll check in again next week and make sure that you're still making your way across Nebraska. All right, cool. And uh, you, and and now that we've lost every listener we've ever had in Wyoming. Um, Hey, I have to say that the people that I met in Wyoming, they were absolutely wonderful. The state itself was incredibly hard, and my baby is now headed down towards the other side. All right, we'll let you go, Kathleen. You have have a good trip. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. Well, thanks, Kathleen. She is such a sport to join us every week, and I, I think she's kind of looking forward now to the updates. And it helps, too, because we post her updates on her Facebook page, which you go to Facebook and look up Kathleen's Wild Ride. She has almost 300 fans on there now. So you can hop on there, and you can actually listen to our shows on there. We post them on there so all of our fans can hear her voice every week, and it's a, really a good way for them to keep track of her and make sure she's doing well. She sounds like she's doing great. She, well, she's in Nebraska. Life is easy in Nebraska yeah, exactly. compared to where it's she kinda, just came from. It's getting flatter and it's <laughs> green and there's grass to eat for the horses. And so, yeah, and we, we're sorry about everybody that lives in Wyoming. Um, Wait, no, it's it's a beautiful state, and and it's just when you're crossing it with two horses, it, it's maybe it's not so beautiful. Yeah, it was a little tough. Yeah. But she, she's going to have a, a pretty good time now until she gets to the East Coast where people will be trying to run her off the road. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Enjoy the middle of America, Kathleen. Exactly. She'll be lucky if somebody buys her a dinner on the East Coast. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> She'll so, probably get a ticket or something. <laughs> she is eating well, that's for sure. All right, so thank you to Kathleen for joining us. We're going to be back right after this message from Omega Alpha. Omega Alpha Pharmaceuticals creates only natural health products. Their scientists, guided by Dr. Gordon Chang, formulate a wide variety of mainly herbal health products to address many equine health problems. And one of their users is international Canadian sensation event writer Jessica Phoenix. And we have Jessica on here for a second to tell us what she thinks about Omega Alpha. Well, hi, Jess. I hear that you use Omega Alpha. I do. I love their products. I've started using them this year, um, and the one product that I really love is Anti-Flam. It just takes the sting out of the horse's feet and keeps them moving comfortably. Um, And I know that from using it in our barn, a lot of horses have benefited from it. 
You can look for their products at retailers nationwide or visit their website at omegaalpha.ca. That's omegaalpha.ca. Well, we have our first guest here, and it's, again, thanks to Johnny Rob for putting this together. His name is Larry Parnell. He is the president of the, uh, president of the board of the ASPCAMRH, AMHR, which is the American Shetland Pony Club and the American Miniature Horse Registry. You Ooh. know, this is, one of those th- this is one of those names, Helena, that I think is easier to say the name than it is the abbreviation. Uh, yes, ASP, yeah, no yeah. way. The American <laughs> Shetland Pony Club, yeah, yeah American so. Shetland Pony Club, okay. Well, let's get See Larry that? on the phone and find out more about the, the, about the ponies and the minis. He's probably better at saying it than we are. Yes. <laughs> well, hi, Larry, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. We appreciate you being on. Well, I enjoy being on. Well, I'll tell you what, this is a subject that's near and dear to my heart. I love driving ponies, and I saw pictures of you driving ponies. Uh, yes, I've driven them all my life. Now, how do, what, tell us first, let's, let's, before we get into what you do, tell us a little bit about the, the American Shetland Pony Club and the American Miniature Horse Registry. What are, these, what are Shetlands used for? They're used for almost everything, aren't they? That's right. They're a very well-rounded animal. Uh, children, you can use them with children. They can ride them. They can lead them. They can just love on them. Then you can move right on up to your senior citizens. They're not too big for them. In fact, we've broken quite a few the last few years for 70-year-old ladies to ride. Now, how big are they on average? Uh, They run up to about 46 inches at the weathers. Okay. Okay. And what makes a Shetland special? I mean, besides its well-roundedness, what, or maybe not special, but what makes it different than other ponies in its sort of size group? Uh, it, it's smaller than a lot of your other pony breeds. Okay. Um, it, it's not as... They're hardier-type animals. Of course, they originated on the islands where there was nothing for them to eat, and, and they're just a hardy little animal. So when you say they originated on the islands, what islands? On the Shetland Islands off of England. Okay. Okay. Where it's cold and brutal, and that's why they're so hardy. Uh Okay. I've heard good things about about ponies coming from, or breeds coming from harsh environments, that they're, they, how how would you say that they're hardy? And my thought is that they, that they're sort of easy keepers. They can withstand all kinds of weather. Yeah. Is that true? That's true. They, They are easy keepers. Uh, you can keep one in a backyard. You don't need very much room with them. They're a hardy little animal. Uh, we've had babies. Of course, we didn't plan it, but we've had babies born, and we would find them, and they would have snow on their little bellies. Oh. <laughs> and they would be up running around playing. Well, and they're known for their heavy coats, and oh, do they all have those terrific manes? That's the other thing they're known for. Uh, it depends on the bloodlines. Uh, a lot of your bloodlines have those heavy manes. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're so cool. <laughs> and would we go back in history a little bit? Weren't, am I wrong in, in remembering that the Shetlands were also used to haul coal in the mines and things? Yes, yes. That was the original purpose of them. In, in Scotland and England and Ireland, was they used them in the coal mines because they were so small. And they, weren't they called pit ponies? 
Good pony, Saha. That's a, boy. I, I don't know why I remembered that random fact, but <laughs> <laughs> that's your job. Right? <laughs> So, and now, of course, they don't do that anymore. We'll clarify that. Um, no. But, and that's where they became, became known as driving hor- horses uh-huh. or ponies as well. Yep. Uh, and then they were adapted to riding. And, of course, every kid has, you know, most every kid that starts riding starts on a pony. And it's not always a great experience for kids. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but you learn to ride when you do start riding on a pony. Well... Ponies have gotten a bad reputation because of their size. And it's not the pony's fault. <laughs> what has happened is Mama and Daddy buys the child a pony. Oh, uh, yeah. They put the child on the pony. And when the pony gets tired, he looks at the tree and he thinks, I'll go underneath the tree knock the child off, the child will cry, mom and daddy will scream at me, and then I get to go eat. Where if it was a big horse and it went under the tree, then daddy or mama would get on it and ride it. Right. And and really, we have gotten to where we reward the pony for doing bad things. Right. Right. Because we don't discipline them. Because they're too cute. Yeah. (laughs) And you you have to treat, or we around here, we treat them like they're six-year-olds. Like you had a little six-year-old child. And that's the way you've got to treat them. Right. Okay. So they need a little discipline. They need their fences, right? They need their structure. I'm sorry. What was that question? They they need their structure. They're they're like six year olds. They're going to test their fences, and you got to let them know where their boundaries are. That's right. That's right. You you've got to discipline them. And so, but but then you know I, the, one of the things that I, now I know nothing about ponies. So, but this okay. is this is all perception. You know, I'm just like the average Joe out there. One of the okay. things that I think I might like about ponies is that even if they are a little bit naughty. Um, that they're they're low to the ground. So if if a kid's going to learn how to ride, a uh-huh. pony's a great place to start because number one they're they're smaller, so there's less mass. You know, there's there's just there's a, maybe a little less speed. They can get their legs around their fat little bellies a little bit better. Um, but if something's going to happen, it's going to happen on a smaller scale. And in terms of learning, isn't that a isn't that a good thing for a kid? Oh yes, yes, and, and that was the deal to these these ladies that we broke these ponies for. They've ridden all their life, and like one of them told me, she said, Larry, if I fall off a horse, I'm going to break bones, and I know it. Right. She said, if I slip off that pony, she said, I'm not going to break nothing. She said, my foot's going to hit the ground before I do. Right, exactly. Well, and, uh, you know, I, do I also remember that, uh, I'm not sure where this was, maybe down, down under, they also do junior harness racing with Shetlands or something? Uh, okay, they used to do that. They don't anymore. They don't anymore? Okay. Nope. Uh, they, they still, we still have the horses that pull the buggies in the show ring and all, and a lot of your... American Driving Society people have started using ponies for their carriage driving. Right. 
And uh, one of the reasons there is they're smaller, they're easier to handle, they're less expensive to keep. And let me tell you, they're a lot easier to clean up after uh, uh, Helena. (laughs) Their piles Uh are much smaller. And they are hardier. You know, you you spend a lot of money on those hard keepers and you don't, it's not like you're spending big chunks of cash. Well, some people are, but, you know, but it's a little bit here and a little bit there to keep that horse who's hard to keep really adds up. But if you've got a hardy little pony, you you do, you're going to save money on vet bills, you're going to save money on farriers, on on everything Uh all around. And yet you get the same same uh, oh geez maybe i need to get a pony <laughs> <laughs> mm. okay so now let's talk uh, can we talk a little bit about minis okay so the the minis now where did they start the minis are in my opinion this is strictly my opinion they're just a smaller version of the pony oh Okay. And they usually they can't be over uh they can't be over what is it, thirty four, thirty eight inches or something? Yes, yes. The A minis are the smaller. They can't be over thirty four inches tall okay. at the last hair of the mane. The B minis, which are the bigger division minis, they can't be over thirty eight. Now, the Shetland Club has been in existence for over a hundred years. Our stud books go back to 1888. And a lot of those original ponies that were brought from Europe were minis. When you look at the size of them, they were 32 inches tall, 34 inches tall. So the mini has been here really as long as the pony has. Yeah, it was. I think it was back to like the seventeenth, sixteen hundreds. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking Washington time here. Yeah. Um, and then you know, as I understand it, and, and is this why the two two so the two groups are pretty much together? Is that the the major bloodlines were from Shetlands that for the minis? Uh, some of the major bloodlines were. Some okay. of them weren't. Okay. Some of them. Some of them go back to Shetland bloodlines. Some of the minis don't. And, and uh, hackneys are thrown in there. I know there's some Ponies of Americas that were thrown in the bloodlines. And he- well, what happened was, during a period of time, the Shetland Club allowed outside blood to be brought in. Ah, okay. Which was where the hackney pony was brought in. I gotcha. But, but now, that's in, uh, I believe it was 1994, they stopped that. And now they have to be pure Shetland. Okay, and so most people know minis are standing out in the field looking really cute, keeping somebody company. But they actually do have uses. What are they used for? The minis? Yeah. Minis are used for everything. Um, we're, We're getting ready to go to the national show in a couple of weeks. And there you'll see them jump them. They show them as little hunters. They drive them. Oh, my God. Little hunters? That's got to be so cute. (laughs) Oh, they are. They're just precious. You have little hunter courses just like a big course, and you run along the side of them. And and the the courses have your little jumps, and and they look just like miniature size, just like your Grand Prix jumping and all. (laughs) How are they uh, to handle on the ground? Are they... they 
are they good at the end of the lead line? Minis, minis are are real sweet. the The thing about minis is they're real docile. Um, you in the horse business, you have to remember this, or, or this is just one of my notices. A big horse is bigger than you. So you look up to him and he intimidates you. A pony, you're the same size he is. So he's not really going to intimidate you and you don't really intimidate him. Now, a little mini, he's so little he's intimidated. Yeah, everything's bigger than him. (laughs) So, So from the very beginning he's intimidated. And we found out over the years they're real, real docile. They, they, they go out of their way to try to please you. Now, are most of the classes there done in hand in the shows, or they also drive them? Yes, they have driving classes. And uh, what do they drive them as pairs, as as uh, four in hands? As... No, uh, they drive them singles. They drive them pairs. They drive them four ups. Oh. Uh, we we've got some friends that's even got an eight up hitch of them. Oh, that must be cute as a Dickens. Uh, no kidding. And uh, they the the little hitch classes. What we do in the minis now is they're showed like their bigger counterpart. In the hitch classes, they're showed just like the Budweiser horses, the Clydesdales, or the Percherons, or you braid their little tails, you braid their little manes, you you have them looking just like little draft horses. <laughs> their, their little wagons and their little harness look just like little scale models of draft. Do they uh, wear collars or breastplates? No, they wear little collars. Oh, do they really? <laughs> uh, they have little collars and... and what is it, some, six inches? <laughs> oh, they're small, let me tell you. There's like a whole like retail market just for minis, isn't there? Yes, there is. Uh huh. Which is nice because it's not like you have to go fighting with, you know, full size things, and and you can just find your little mini stores somewhere. Yep, yep. There's there's many vendors, you know, that and, and many harness shops and pack shops that make all this. Now, how does a person go? At, what do you look for when you want to buy a mini? Let's say you you know I, I I have a little girl, and then I think it would be great for her to. Have a mini for all the reasons for riding, for handling, for showing, for learning horsemanship. What would I, for the average backyard owner, where would I start to look for a mini and what are the key things I would look for when buying one? Okay. The first thing is go to more than one place. Okay. Okay. Look, if I was looking for a child. I would look at the personality of the mini. When, and do you, when, you, when you get there and they bring a mini out for you to look at, see how that mini responds to your child and how your child responds to that mini. So actually bring your child along when you're shopping. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Will they, will they react differently to grown-ups versus children? Um, yes. They're, they're more... Um, they're more lovable with children. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? They're a probably lot of less intimidated. 
Yeah. I mean, a lot of horses are. They're, um, they're really, they're really more. I, I don't know whether it's the size or what it is, but uh, my nephew, uh, we used to laugh at him here at the barn. He had two little minis when he was about five that he really loved here. And more than once, we've lost him in the barn and gone down there, and the little mini would be asleep, and he would be laying down there with his head on the mini's tummy asleep, too. That's cute. I know. So tell us real quick what you do. What kind of uh, competing you do? Uh, We show about everything. We show Shetlands and minis. Uh, Our major emphasis is minis. Uh, We show them in halter, you know, where they judge them strictly on confirmation and movement. Uh, We show driving minis. Uh, We don't do the hunter and jumpers anymore. Um, We've done them in the past. We, We show about every. If you want to come to a well-rounded show where you see everything, go to a mini show. Hmm. Because mini, mini show every which way. That would be cute as a Dickens, though, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> sugary, sweet, drooly cute. <laughs> All right, Larry. Well, we have a couple more, a couple of your friends we have to get on the show here yet. Okay. We're going to be talking to Jackie Tyler and Diane. I don't know how to say her last name. Is it Zmolik? Uh-huh. Okay, we're going to be getting them on to talk a little bit more about this subject. But we appreciate you being on. Uh, so, Larry, you can you can find your association at ShetlandAndMiniature.com. And we certainly appreciate you being on. If you want to have some fun sometime, just go to the website and look at the pictures. <laughs> they have the cutest pictures, of course. And there's a book that uh, they were kind enough to send me that everybody should take a look at. It's called The Big Book of Small Equines, A Celebration <laughs> of Miniature Horses and Shetland Ponies. And there are some fantastic pictures in here. And Larry has a section in here, too. And what's the name of your farm? Uh, Larry Parnell Stables. And, it, what, and your website? Uh, we don't have one. Okay, I thought you did. Okay. Cool, but uh, you can find information about all the the, the minis and ponies at uh, Shetland and uh, Shetland and or it's ShetlandMiniature.com. Yep. Okay. Thank you very much, Larry, and we'll okay. talk. To you. We're glad to have you on. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Y'all have a nice day. You too. Well, we're glad that Larry joined us today, and we appreciate him being on. And we're going to be back with Jackie Tyler to get a little more in depth about minis and ponies right after this. Regular listeners to the Stable Scoop show know that Helena and I just love Uncle Jimmy's and his fantastic line of products. His products have the highest quality ingredients, and that is why they have taken off like they have. Of course, it all started with Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls for use in the stalls, and then came squeezy buns. We know you need to reward your horse outside of the stall as well. That is why Uncle Jimmy developed Uncle Jimmy's squeezy buns. Squeezy buns are all natural and loaded with nutritional ingredients for your horse. Unlike similar products on the market, they are individually wrapped to preserve freshness and eliminate mess. With competitive pricing and Uncle Jimmy's quality guarantee, the Squeezy Buns promise to be a hit among horses and horse lovers alike. Learn more about all of Uncle Jimmy's products or to find a dealer, visit uncle-jimmys.com. That's uncle dash 
jimmies.com. And next we're going to have Jackie Tyler from Emerald Glen Farm. And she's going to talk to us about uh, breeding and, and competing ponies. And she's definitely well entrenched and well respected in the world of those who are smitten with small. So Jackie, tell us a little bit about your, well, first of all, you have your own farm, Emerald Glen Farm, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it's there that you, you breed Shetlands. What kinds of Shetlands do you breed? And, um, but tell us a little bit about your operation. Okay, well, I started way back in uh, about 1959. The first pony was bought for me as a, a three-year-old girl, and I've been in love with them ever since. And, and uh, early in our married life, we didn't have time or money for ponies, so I was gone for a while from the breed, but came back to it about um, 10, 12 years. That's eh, probably closer to 15 years now. And... Uh, the classic Shetland uh, evolved in the 80s. Uh, there was a, a group of people that wanted to identify and um, preserve the more conservative type pony as compared to the modern Shetland. And so, what's the, the di- what's, yeah, yeah, what's, what's the, the difference diff- between the two? Well, the modern Shetland, the way I kind of compare it for folks that are new into our association is I kind of uh, compare the modern pony to the American saddlebred and hackney-type animal, uh, lots and lots of brilliance, lots of high action, high, high headset and animation. The classic I compare to more of like a Morgan horse type of look, a little bit more middle of the road, lots of presence and animation, but not quite like the modern pony. And the foundation is the older type pony with a little bit uh, more body substance, a little shorter neck, a little shorter leg, a little bit uh, heavier bone, although not coarse in any way. Um, so and the, the group that we kind of specialize in is the classic. That's kind of the middle-of-the-road type thing. And they're, they're extremely versatile. Uh, they're a lot of fun. They offer something for the entire family from children just starting out to uh, the very competitive-minded person that wants a real uh, challenge in the show ring and in the driving ring. And how many, uh, how many ponies and ponies do you have? We've got a herd right now of about 80 heads. Oh, my goodness. And, and our, yeah, well, they're, they're like potato chips. You get started with <laughs> I was going to say, that if I drove by your farm, I would lock them up <laughs> and camp out. Uh-huh. You know, you're welcome to stop any time. But we, we've, we've run about 80, and, you know, and it's like, well, this mare, I'm waiting for her to you know, be crossed with this stallion and then that stallion and see what we get. And so you wind up wanting to hang on to these things. And I like having them around. I drive out and call the mares, and there's about 40 of them in the main group. Their heads all come up at once, and they come running full Mm. tilt because they know, you know, mom's up there with a treat for them. And that just makes my day, you know, to do that. I really, really enjoy just having them around. And and, uh, we show... And I like to drive, and we like to show halter. But you know, if there wasn't a show tomorrow, I'd still have these ponies because that's I so nice to hear. You know really, that you really have enjoy them. Yeah, and I bet that's what that's probably the key to your success is that you still your heart's in it. You know, it's not just a business for you. 
And um, right, you know, we, we treat it as a business, and I I take it, you know, my involvement with it on that level very very serious. But I have my pets that we talk baby talk to, and you know, spoil absolutely rotten. And then I have the ones that are I you know, hold to a very strict standard. Unfortunately, we've been lucky to acquire some really good stock and they're they're doing nice things in the show ring and they make their owners happy. And that's, that's a, a really important thing as a breeder for me to be able to sell a prospect to an owner and watch it fulfill that owner's expectation. Uh, that's about the, the nicest Thing as a breeder that you can see happen is that these babies that you plan and, and uh, get on the ground go on to do things that make their owners happy too and do the, the breed good and are good ambassadors. So, you know, we are always working on the old notion that, well, they're mean, you know, well, you, they're not good kids ponies. And it's like, just a minute, come on out, come on, step in the stall for yourself what are they like to be around and so forth we've we've gone to a few horse expos and so forth and and i i really enjoy doing that because it gives you an opportunity to spread the word about these are really fun animals and they offer something for all exhibitors all owners uh, they're not just ponies they're things that um make many many people uh really happy having them and they, they just they from trail riding to little kids ponies to dressage ponies to competitive cde ads driving society animals that you can find something that will meet those needs there's kids that barrel race on them and do rodeo work with them so you know there's something to be offered to everybody now let me ask you jackie and and uh i know this is a loaded question but just for for example purposes of people that have never had the opportunity to do this if somebody wanted to buy buy a nice little shetland pony are, are they are they going to pay a lot you know what 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 will be an average price for a, for a, i'm not saying a champion here but you know your average uh, shetland pony really nice about the shetlands is they are a very affordable breed you can get national caliber, something that you're not afraid to go to the national show, you can spend, you know, eight or a thousand, eight hundred or a thousand dollars and be okay going in and holding your own. Um, now, there you and, go, Helena. I, I know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you can spend... You need to you egg know, me the, on, Glenn? <laughs> Come on. The, the, you know, the, the national champions and the animals that are likely to produce those, the really cream of the crop, uh, you can spend ten, fifteen, up to 25000 But that's for the really elite right. type right. individuals. Um, I have seen uh, really solid Western pleasure type ponies that are really fine-tuned bring as little as two to three thousand and they're very very child safe and have that edge level of training where it's very very competitive but anywhere from there's a lot of prospects that uh, will hold their own in in halted classes on a national level that are you know 
$800,000 up to about $3,500. And so you're, and in other very, words, very you, affordable. you'll spend more for the harness and the cart than you do the pony. <laughs> Oftentimes you can. Yes. <laughs> I know that from experience, Jackie. <laughs> yes. And now, the initial, you know, that's what, you know, my dad always told me that too. It's not the initial investment that's that right. gets you. It's the upkeep. That's right. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, but their upkeep's a lot less. I, I had ponies and percherons, and let me tell you, it cost me a lot less to feed the ponies than it did the percherons. So. Oh, yes, and the, just the run and the shovel after them. <laughs> that's yeah, a lot the less. time that's it takes, true. exactly. That's true. What do yeah, you, that's what we um, laugh about around here. It's shovel it in, shovel it out. There's an awful lot of work with that. But uh, definitely, I've, I've kind of calculated the the... The formula is there's about five ponies that can be kept for the average riding horse. You know, so a 1,200-pound 12, um, riding horse, you can probably keep about 12, I mean, about five ponies wow. for what it would take to maintain the big horse. Now, what, um, I, you know, with the different types of horses or different breeds, uh, Different or different breeds mature at different ages and different rates. Uh, about when can you expect a Shetland to mature? Generally, the the bloodlines that I work with, you're done height wise by about two years old. Uh, some of them mature a little bit faster, and they get their height as yearlings, but they don't body up and muscle out and really get physically mature till. Uh, there two, sometimes three. I've had some that they've kind of hit that height about as a two-year-old. I had a, a stallion one time that was about 44 and a half, but by the time he was five, he'd gone up to 45 inches. So oh. he got a little growth later on. But generally, you're about done by the time you're a three-year-old. And what about uh, emotionally and mentally? How, when do they mature that way? Oh, that can take... Uh, that can take longer. You know, they're still, uh, for driving ponies, we still refer to them as pretty green as three- and four-year-olds. Okay. Uh, generally, we'll, we'll start a two-year-old in lines and get them used to uh, just the basics of driving. But growing their brain and really getting them fine-tuned, they're still green and learning a lot of things as three- and four-year-olds. And a lot of the good roadster ponies and so forth they don't get good until they're eight, nine, ten years old. Hmm. And and they live a long time, right? Yes. I mean, yes. they have good they, long uh, lifespans. It's not uncommon, right? It's not uncommon to see ponies in their mid thirties. I had one my my driving pony that I drove for many many years. It was an Amish pony, actually, and we went everywhere on that pony, and mm-hmm. uh, lived to forty two. Wow. So mm-hmm. Piper lived now, to forty two. I've heard stories of that, and I think with the advances, you know, with today's uh, um, medications and so forth, you know, the the attention we pay to teeth and to worming has contributed to the longevity of a lot of our breeds. But ponies are they're some of the longest breeds. When I was a kid, we had a little old mare that she lived well up into her 40s. She was she was old, uh, but mm. a lot of folks see them go into their mid 30s easily. Easily, there's a lot of stallions I know that are siring foals in, well into their late twenties. Well into their late twenties. Wow. Now there's a happy retirement for you, Helena. <laughs> <laughs> so, where can That's people true. find out more about uh, the Shetland Pony and, and about your farm? Well, we have a, a website for our farm. It's Emerald Glen Farm. That 
with two ends in the word Glen, and folks are more than welcome. I encourage you to visit our website as well as the main club website, shetlandminiature.com. There's uh, breeder listings and so forth. Uh, there's a forum. There's a couple of them. There's classic Shetlands at yahoogroups.com. There's the American Shetland Pony Forum.com. Uh, the Internet is a wonderful place because you can get access to many, many farms, lots of photographs, lots of information, you know, just by getting on your computer and so forth. And right. um, I, you know, the other thing to do is uh, go to a few shows and you can find out about shows at the uh, main club website. There's a events uh, section on there where you can look up local shows, and that's where you can really get hands-on. You can also visit, um, you know, the horse expos, for instance. We've set up and exhibited at the Minnesota Horse Expo, and uh, there's most of, you know, the expos around the United States have ponies present and, and minis, too. All right, great. And that's a really well, good way to get some hands-on well, exposure. Well, well, thank you, Jackie. We appreciate you being on. We have, now have to talk to uh, Diane next. So we do appreciate Super. you being on, and we encourage everybody to check out your website. Thanks so much. It was a lot of fun talking to you folks. Same here. Take care. Yep, you too. Bye-bye now. Bye. Well, thanks to Jackie for joining us. We really appreciate that. I'd love to see her farm sometime. 80, oh, 80 of those little guys on a farm, and they all come running down and say hi to you. That's No cool. joke. Honestly, <laughs> if I saw that many ponies... I would just want to lay in the middle of them. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And uh, next up, we have Diane Zmolik, and we're going to be with Diane right after this word. We'll be right back, and we're going to talk a little bit more about driving with Diane. Equestrian Collections is a true innovator in the retail horse world, and they have done it again, this time with their new shipping program. It's called their Unlimited Shipping Program, and there are two options, and you can choose the one that's best for you. It's simple. Pay only $34.95 one time a year and get unlimited one-way shipping to you from Equestrian Collections. You heard right. Pay only $34.95 once a year for unlimited shipments. The second option is only $15 more. You pay only $49.95 for unlimited two-way shipping. That means even your returns will be covered. That's unlimited shipping both ways for as little as 15 cents a day. Think about it. Even if you ordered every day, you won't pay any more for those shipments. Now that's an innovative company at Equestrian Collections.com. Well, we're back, and we're going to speed. This is Helena and Glenn on the Stable Scoop Radio Show. We're going to be speaking. In case you forgot. In case you you don't remember after all this time. We have to do that for our own benefit, actually. No, we do. We have to remember what show we're doing. (laughs) And, of course, we like to do these breed shows occasionally because it is educational for us, too. You know, well, we, yeah, you know a lot, of, and and it helps to clear up a lot of misconceptions, and so it's good for the breed people too. Right, exactly, and you know we're all curious about the different breeds, even if we've never owned one or we'll never own one. Right, you're still curious about them because you see them around and you want to learn more about them, and we just th- we think that doing this occasionally is a way to do that. See, my problem is every time we f- highlight a new breed, <laughs> no. I want to go out and get one. Remember the Morgans? <laughs> yes, and then the Cleveland Bays. I know yes, you're you're very Shetlands. fickle that way, there, Helena. I want them all. <laughs> all right, she's here right we though. Are. They're like potato chips. <laughs> that's, that's, right, like that's the best true. analogy. I know. Horse. We're gonna have yeah. to use that one. <laughs> all right, here's Diane. Well, hi, Diane, and welcome to the show. It, you know, we, we 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 appreciate having you on. You're all the way from the West Coast. What's the name of your farm out there? Our farm is Overlook Farm. Okay, and, and we're in we're in Banks, Oregon. Banks, Oregon, where it doesn't rain ever. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> do you? How many Shetlands do you have? I have 32 Shetlands. Oh, that's, oh, a, that's enough to put a driving team together. <laughs> Another farm I'd stop at. So now you are into driving, and we wanted to talk to you because one of the things that's really becoming popular now in the pony community is driving events. And when we mean a driving event, we mean the same as a riding event, the three-phase event where you do dressage, you do marathon or cross-country, and then you do what's called a, called a cones competition. And you're, it's so cool because you're just getting into that, right? Very much so, and enjoying every aspect of it. I have had some skepticism. I've been a little bit dubious about it. But my resolve and my curiosity just won't seem to let go of me, and so we keep moving forward on into each next step. Now, do they have special driving competitions, events like that, three-phase events, for ponies? Yes, they do. The Shetland Pony is part of the entire pony family, which includes halflingers, fjords, Welsh, and a variety of other ponies. And we're at the small end of the scale, and if an event is big enough, they will actually divide the pony division into pony and small pony. But since there aren't a lot of Shetlands at this time competing in combined driving events, we get batched together in with all of the other pony sizes. And when they stalk small pony, are they talking under 12 hands? Is that uh... correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so now you guys do you do the dressage, and I assume you have to do a walk trot test. That's right. It's by memory, and it's exciting it's terrifying <laughs> that's it's, the way all inventors feel about dressage yeah. by the way <laughs> but it's but it's walk so you can't canter under uh, behind a cart or in front you no. can't do that okay no see yeah, i know nothing go, about that. you can either go in in a two-wheeled cart or a four-wheeled carriage oh even okay that's good to know with the ponies mm -hmm. okay. and and do we drive singles and doubles or i drive singles at this time now, well, do yeah, they have you, doubles and foreign hands in, in, in the driving competitions, and the combined driving? Definitely. Yeah. Um, and that's very, very exciting. And it's, it's a whole different venue. It takes a lot of work, a lot of years to put together a team or pairs that, um, that match and move uh, in synchronicity. They all have to be very similar to have the eye appeal that they're looking for in these competitions. Oh, so there's eye appeal as well. So it's not just, so it's, it's subjective or it's subjective, right? Um, or you mean in the dressage phase? Well, you would use the same pair or uh, four up if you were going into dressage and or marathon. You use the same group of horses that you compete in throughout the entire three phases of the competition. It's very exciting. And, you know, what, right now, if, if nobody has, if you haven't seen uh, carriages go through these obstacles in, in the marathon course, it is very exciting. Now, do, in, with, like with the larger horses, do you have a navigator on board? Yes, and that has been part of the, uh, what do I want to say, skepticism of the Shetlands, of wondering if our Shetlands, who typically weigh from 300 to 400 pounds, how they will be able to handle that. And that was one of the holdbacks that I felt personally, 
by having gone through a couple of fun drives and events now and having someone ride with me, I have every confidence in the world that our Shetlands are going to be able to handle this and come through with flying colors. And there, there are some carriage cart manufacturers now that are manufacturing these vehicles in lighter weights, aluminum, and other materials that are going to make it possible for us to take some of the weight off of the carriage to make up for the additional weight of the uh, of the navigator. Ah, okay, that makes sense. And that's of course, fair. and then and, and, and then of course the navigator. I was just going <laughs> to say the navigator is the one that's on the back uh, uh, doing crazy what looks like gymnastic moves to keep the <laughs> carriage going through the uh, the obstacles. Correct. If you're driving a carriage, which is a four-wheel vehicle, then the navigator is hanging on to the back on a low platform, much like a fire engine step on the back of a fire engine. If you're driving a cart, which is a two-wheel vehicle, then your navigator will be sitting right next to you. Praying. Yeah, the navigator (laughs) can never take the lines or the reins. The navigator is strictly there to help verbally guide you through the marathon course. Because each of the obstacles, uh, Helena, has uh, options as well. So, uh, well, not every every obstacle has options, but many of them have options. So it's the navigator's job to really tell them what, you know, to to keep an eye on the flags and to get them going through through the uh, obstacles correctly. And so do you, do you, how do, how do the, I mean, this is an app, probably your generic driving question. How does the navigator and the driver communicate? Do you just sort of shout back and forth or is there a series of, is there lingo that you use? Well, they are communicating. And uh, when it's a husband and wife team, sometimes the communication gets rather interesting. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the, I told you so. Uh, comments. Turn, darn it! <laughs> you missed it. You never to listened to me. Left, left, left. Do you do you guys walk the course before you uh, drive it? Are you allowed Definitely. to do that like they do in eventing? Definitely, it's it's not required, but it is is most definitely to your advantage to make sure you have walked that course and. More often not than not, what I have witnessed is the driver and their navigator will be walking it together and possibly even taking notes or making mental pictures in their mind of what they may encounter. And that's partly, Helena, because the obstacles are somewhat confusing sometimes. They, they, they make a lot of turns in those obstacles. So. Oh, please, I'd be in Canada somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You probably so would, what, actually. What may work for one uh, group of uh, com- competitors may not work for another. A different competitor may see an obstacle as being better run an entirely different way as long as you proceed through the obstacles without making any violations. Because you oh, do yeah. have to go through the obstacles with with certain designators on your right-hand side and other designators on your left-hand side. And if you don't do it that way, then you are uh, you incur penalty points. Okay, so you're coming up on your first show, right? Your first official show. I and, am. And which which pony are you taking? I am taking my Shetland pony. His name is DZ Flip the Coin, and he has been uh, in the breed show ring. So he's been driven for the past year without an overcheck rein, 
and we've been taking some lessons with him. We've gone to several fun drives. We've gone to some clinics with him. And as I was waiting for your phone call this morning, I was sitting here studying my dressage pattern and saying, (laughs) oh, my gosh, I have to walk there. I have to walk faster there. Oh, no. Oh, no. I have to trot there. And thinking, oh, how am I going to remember all of this? Wait, that that brings back memories, huh, Helena? (laughs) Oh, yeah. What do you mean memories? I still don't know how to get through a course. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we wish you the best of luck in your show coming up. And, uh, you know, I I hope you keep, let us know how you do. I will. And I want to make mention, I don't know if uh, the others that you've interviewed have made mention of the brand new relationship we now have the breed partnership agreement with the American Driving Society. No. And uh, that's brand new. It was voted on by the board of directors, a unanimous vote. Mm. And the American Shetland Pony Club and the American Miniature Horse Registry are now going to be affiliated officially with the American Driving Society. Wow. That's wonderful. Yeah, breed partnership agreement, which will enhance the relationship between both organizations, it's a mutually beneficial uh, opportunity, and everyone is very, very, very excited what this is going to do. And the American Driving so, Society is kind of neat because it covers all facets of driving. And, absolutely. And even pleasure driving. I belong to it, and all I ever did was pleasure drive. So um, it, it, it's a good group. I, I, that is an exciting partnership for the both of you. And, and again, we wish you the best of luck in two weeks. Let us know how you did. Thank you both. Oh, it's our pleasure. All right. Well, that I wish her the best of luck. How excited you remember? You remember what that's like going to your first official show? I was getting nervous for her. I know. <laughs> She's reading she, the dressage test. I know. When she, I know. I was like, oh gosh. I, I forgot to tell her Jennifer's rule. You go out and walk it in your parking lot in your driveway. Uh, you actually oh, walk you. and trot it in your driveway. Remember doing that? Right. You were Jennifer's right. student. That's how you learned your dressage test. She used to have five or six students out there all going around circles, jotting and jumping and cantering and all in no, place without to, their horse. I used to stick the test in my britches <laughs> <laughs> or write it on my hand. I wonder if they're allowed to have them read at that, in that uh, discipline, you know, like they do in lower level dressage. I don't know. They might if they have like a, um, do they have like, a, see, all these questions now that she's gone, I have to ask is, do they have like a short stirrup version? <laughs> I you don't know. know. Kids and stuff. <laughs> we got to have the pony people. No, you know what? We need to do a driving show. We have not done yeah, a good driving really show. Yeah, we really haven't yet. That we'll have, definitely have to do that because you know me. I love driving. Oh, my God. I have like 99,000 questions for the driving people. Well, and you know what's neat is in uh, next week or the week after, uh, Samantha and I, who is my co-host on the 2010 radio show, The Weg Show, we are going out to the farm where all the drivers are coming in and getting ready and practicing for the World Equestrian Games. So the American team will be out at this farm in Georgetown, and we were invited to go out and even get a ride. So, Are so, you going Oh, yeah, definitely. We're definitely going out. We're going to visit everybody. Our spotlight driver this year, Mike McLennan, who drives uh, some really neat uh, horses out of Texas. And we're going to go out, and we're going to spend some time with him and, and get to see all the horses and the hitches and, and get to take a little ride in the carriage. So we're, we're thrilled about that. 
Cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. And everybody can follow the coverage of the World Equestrian Games two ways. You can follow us on the 2010 radio show. We'll be doing shows every night of the World Equestrian Games from the International Equestrian Festival in downtown Lexington. It'll be a wrap-up show. We'll be going over everything that happened that day, giving you some highlights and sound bites, and also getting some few a few special guests to join us every night as well. Hey, that's and, cute. Highlights and sound bites. That's right. And we T-shirt. can <laughs> you can follow that at 2010radioshow.com and the other way you can follow is Chris Stafford from the Jumping, Eventing and Dressage radio shows we'll be doing four special episodes of each of those disciplines during their competitions during the World Equestrian Games so she'll be doing four daily episodes as those competitions go on she'll be getting the big names in, the, in those sports to come down and join her she's recording at the Alltech Experience which is at the Kentucky Horse Park right in the middle of everything she'll be set up on stage there and uh, you'll be able to go up and watch the whole show and listen to her throughout the Kentucky Experience so that's kind of neat and we thank Alltech for doing that for us we're very excited about that as well. And those uh, we'll be posting on the websites there at Eventing Radio, Dressage Radio, and JumpingRadio.com. We'll be posting the times that you can, if you're coming in for the World of Question Games, that you can join her for those shows and uh, take a listen and maybe meet some of the, uh, the famous riders that are coming in. So we have a lot of coverage here, Helena, for the World of Question Games coming up. It's going to be big. And you're going to be busy. And going to be very busy. And we want to mention that we, we have a couple more shows that we're going to do together here this month. And then we have recorded some shows that we're going to put out during the World Equestrian Games. But we have some fascinating topics. And because you're going to be helping out a little bit, we had some co-hosts fill in. And, and we have some fun shows coming up here on Stable Scoop during the World Equestrian Games. But uh, Helena will be leaving us for, for about four weeks. And then she'll be back. So don't panic when you don't hear Helena on for a couple weeks. I'm not going anywhere. They just fired me. <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> She'll be back after the World Equestrian Games are over. It's sort of all hands on deck here for the World Equestrian Games. It is one of, you know, it's the biggest sporting event in the United States in the year, in this year. So that's kind of neat. And yeah. from what I hear, tickets are selling rather bris- briskly now and is picked up. Oh, good. Good, so, good, good. So that's good. We're expecting now about 350,000 people into Lexington. Woo! So that'll be that'll be interesting. We'll see if we can get around, and uh, we plan on eating a home a lot during that week. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Stock up now. <laughs> well, thank you, Helena. This has been fun about minis and ponies, and uh, someday we'll we'll have a little bit more time to talk about my experiences driving. I've had a few. Um, backed into ditches, cows uh, petrifying the horses, running into traffic, <laughs> um, driving my pony in the middle of Philadelphia in the city, driving, oh my gosh. driving through in a parade of, of carriages through an amusement park with all the rides going. Oh, my God. That was an experience, too. So sometime when we have a little more time, we'll talk about all those fun adventures. Yeah, after WEG. But in the meantime, Helena, I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> Thank you. At uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll be in touch with you to make sure that you're safe during uh, Hurricane Earl. Uh, Earl's one of those names too. You know, it could go down in infamy. I know. Uh, oh no, I know. No, it's gonna, you know what's going to happen? I'm predicting it's just going to make a right and head out in the ocean, and you'll be get a few waves, a little wind, you'll be fine. Yeah, right. That would be wonderful. But in the meantime, go get bread and milk and a generator. And batteries and, and gas batteries. and cash and ice <laughs> and candles. All right. You better go do all that. We'll see you next week, Helena, hopefully. And we'll be back with a hopefully dry scoop. 